Hello and welcome to Huddersfield Town Extra Time. I'm pleased this afternoon from the Riverside to be joined by David Hartrick and Andy Lawson. Thanks as well to, to Sportsbroker for making the show possible as ever. Uh, Dave, you were here at the Riverside with me. Um, I can't wipe the smile off my face, um, so I'm going to shut up for a minute while I try to. Can you just sum up that game for us, please? Just, just a really professional performance. That, that was the thing. It was a really professional 90 minutes. Borough looked tired. Town made the right changes and weathered a little bit of early pressure. I think Borough obviously had a plan to go down that right-hand side. They were sticking a man behind Toff every time, but Town adjusted really well. They made the right changes before kickoff. They made the right changes in-game, I thought, as well. thought changing formation second half when Sorber had to go off. I think they, they picked the right one. Just a really good, solid, excellent, competent 90 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, Andy, how was that to watch from home rather than in the stadium? Was it more nervous, less nervous? Um, do you know, I'm not actually going to say that was nervous at all, particularly. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to give Middlesbrough no credit whatsoever. There were moments, but I felt we looked very much in control throughout the game. In fact, about the only point where I started to feel really quite nervous was I was watching it through uh, through the TV and the commentators suddenly said on about the 75th minute, this is all Huddersfields now. This is kind of where Huddersfield <laughs> will just stroll this to the end. I was like, no, don't say that. That was the point where I did. The nerves did kick in a little bit. And, you know, in, in all honesty, yeah, I mean, it's a game against Borough. We haven't really done that well against Borough since the dawn of time. So We've to be never, able to do... never before for today, Andy, sorry to jump in, won at this stadium competitively. Exactly, exactly. And I'm I'm old enough to have been at that stadium to watch players like Fabrizio Ravanelli for Middlesbrough and us not have a good day at all. Uh, so I know how tough it could be to be there, but to get that 2-0 victory today, it feels like we are going somewhere and this was just part of that bigger journey. So I'm very, very happy today. Yeah, Ravanelli would have had a job on his hands against Turton and Lees today, let me tell you. Oh, right. Um, Dave, the first half and the second half felt really different mm. in terms of how the game was played, but atmospherically very similar, if that makes sense. The first half was, you know, very tense on the field. There weren't a lot of gaps. The, you know, chances were at a premium. It was, it was a bit scrappier until Town scored. And then after the break, Chris Wilder really took the handbrake off and, and had mm. to try to get something out of it. All three very attacking substitutions in the game couldn't have been more open and, and under those two very different sets of circumstances as Andy touched on Town still looks very much in control and very much uh, comfortable with either if anything when the game opened up and they could play on the break even more it's not as if they, they sat back they, they just played on yeah. the break used the spaces really well and that you know with Josh Caroma coming on as well and, and being able to run onto the spaces it, it seemed almost as if going ahead for town today was the best possible thing because then the game would just play into our hands. Yeah, I, I think you're precisely right. I, I think at half-time, they clearly got a, a bit of a scolding, to say the least, Baron. They tried to come out with a bit of fire, but they were leaving gaps. That's what Wilder's system does. They have to chase a game. And I think Carlos Corbrand deserves a bit of credit because I think he made the right decision to in how they changed it second half. I think you only need to look at Rhodes' goal, which was a four-on-two in town's favour. I mean, incredible, really. And that wasn't the only situation where they had an overload. And that it's partly about being tactical in, in getting the right players in the right spaces, but it's also about those players making the right decisions. Lewis O'Brien's decision-making, particularly on that Rhodes goal, 
to not drop six feet further back, to stay in an attacking position and hope that the ball is won, gets that goal. That it, The assist. The assist is the pass, but the assist is actually the decision to be brave enough to hold his position there. And they did a lot of that sound. You know, it, three or four nil wouldn't have been a disgrace on that second half performance because every time they went on the break, they looked really, really dangerous. And, you know, Jordan Rhodes had his best game since coming back to the club, which helped enormously too. But there was just an awful lot of bravery in that second half. And that is, is a credit to him and an away performance where... You're up against a team like Middlesbrough and some managers may have decided at 1-0 to try and shut up shop a little bit second half and try and keep the lines tight and congest with bodies. And they didn't actually do that, you know. And uh, yeah, a mental performance from the defenders helped that as well. Yeah, Andy, let's touch on, on Jordan Rhodes now that Dave's mentioned him. I, I thought he was exceptional and, and, and faultless today, not just in, a, in an attacking assent with the assist and the goal. The assist was... Once you watch it back, it's even harder to, to you know, pull off. There was, I didn't realise how close the defender was to him and, and how well he did to get the ball across the way he did. And the, the, you know, the finish was, was vintage Jordan Rhodes, clean through one-on-one. But he, defensively, he seems to be the one that headed everything away, first to things, pressing so high up the field. He was incredible today, wasn't he? You could tell really early on that Jordan was up for that game. Within about the first minute, uh, Jordan had already chased down something that a Borough player was going to let go out for a throw. Jordan had chased him down, had already taken the ball from him and created something for, for town almost immediately. So you could see that Jordan Rhodes fancied it today. And I actually feel like Jordan Rhodes should be given double credit because Jordan Rhodes was brilliant today. Jordan Rhodes played a game that... He made his own, but look at how Danny Ward's been as well. So Danny Ward has been absolutely immense for town this season. So when you have to come in and you have to make that your own in a game like this, where we, you know, the, the pressure is on. I mean, I know I, I kind of teasingly said about not feeling nervous, but you know, we, we need to keep this run going now that we've got our our form back in uh, in the kind of place that we want it to be. So for for him to come in and have a game like that to to set up the goal from the the Sorber. Um, free kick if you actually look as well if you watch that I think there's three town players free within that Middlesbrough box one of which being Naby Sass so that's brilliantly done both by Jordan and by Naby and then that goal yeah I mean Jordan Rhodes one-on-one when it went to his left foot the department's like will the left footed Jordan get it but yeah no absolutely brilliant and that that performance for me that is if you want to put in a 10 out of 10 performance watch how Jordan did today because that that was brilliant yeah if we talk about the the, the first goal a little bit more it was Really nicely worked. The way that Lewis ran off, he completely pulled Sol Bamber out of position and Borough bought that dummy and pulled him out of position, which is why when the ball swung right and they were over the other side, we had the opportunity to overload in the middle because they, they, they were at sixes and sevens. And especially word to, to Sober as well. He was obviously forced off at half-time and is, as you'll have seen on Sky, walking around with something on his knee, I imagine precautionary at the present to have played on after the knock he got and put in that ball and, and a few more dangerous crosses as well. He's had to put in a real effort and, and showed his his spirit and heart to, to end that half as well, hasn't it? Yeah, he has. And um he, he was he was dangerous on set pieces throughout, as he always is. And I think the, the thing about that goal, the movement was really, really good. That's something that's come off the training ground that um, Naby was holding his position there, took a little step to his right and then a couple of steps forward. So they clearly worked on that back post and getting a defender into that position. And when things like that come off, that that's the sort of stuff that 
happens when you're going well, when everything's good. You know, when when it's times are tough or you're down the bottom end of the table, that sort of thing never, ever happens. And I thought their movement on set pieces was really, really good today. And they tried a couple of different things because they haven't got Wardy. So they tried a couple of different things with Jordan Rhodes. There was there was the what I call the England corner or the Teddy Sheringham corner they tried. And there was a couple of others as well. And it's, it, it's just a sign that mentally they're still absolutely bang at it, even at this part of the season. Middlesbrough today looks a little bit tired mentally to me. They've had a big week just as Town had, but it's when you see players who don't see the pass, they're not trying to do anything unusual. It all looks very routine. Whereas Town look really, really sharp, really, really at it. They, they, Every time they get the ball, you feel like there's three or four passes on rather than just one when they're going forward. And that makes a huge difference at this part, you know, in this part of the season. Yeah, it's it a pressure game for both teams, Andy, because... You know, town having drawn, having gone ahead twice against QPR, people wanted to have having won at Hull and, and beaten Luton, you know, fantastically. That QPR game was, you know, was a bit of a downer. It's one of those ones that you know Dave likes to call it a twenty-four hour loss, where you sort of it feels like you've you've lost for a bit, and then the further away you get from it, you sort of you understand the result a little bit more. But it concertinaed the the table all over again, and and you know. Borough could have been right back up, you know, next to us at, at the at the today. But Town seemed to handle that pressure better today, and and almost you know thrived off the fact that we can put that performance against QPR right, and then that that then makes that QPR result even better because we've picked up three points here that you know alongside other big away wins that we'll come on to in a minute, one of our best results of the season. Yeah, absolutely. You you've got to look at the the season as a as a bigger picture thing. That's why sometimes I'm I, I don't look at a specific loss occasionally and get too down on it because I'm a big believer in a season is a a whole thing, you know. And you you've got to look at where you kind of have been for the past few games. And with Town, we had that mini blip a few games ago after the FA Cup game, but we with the victory over Hull, we suddenly seem to find that that winning mentality again. And the thing that's really clear to me about this group is that they are having fun. They're all mates. They want to do this for each other. So there's no real kind of arguing amongst themselves over anything. It's a case of if we find ourselves in a situation where, not today, but in another game, maybe we've been pegged back or, or whatever. You look at this team and you feel like, they just think, well, right, we'll just go and do it again. And all right, in some games, yeah, we come out with a, a draw rather than a win. But we have a fighting spirit unlike anything that I can really say I, I particularly recognise. And I know as well, not many people see this in football because if you look at the neutrals, neutrals for weeks and weeks and weeks have been saying that the Huddersfield bubble would burst. And I feel if it wasn't for this real team spirit that we have, it could with other sides, but for us, it hasn't. We find ourselves, you know, third. Granted, we've played three games more than the team in second, but we're in that position where, you know, we, we can legitimately start dreaming at this point, Raj, and, and it, it's it's really exciting time. Dave, somebody that I, I want to concentrate on is, is the coach, because it's something that I was screaming across the Riverside press box to you before we started recording, but... I think we've been to the top eight sides in this division now and Bournemouth's the only place we've lost. And there's there's absolutely no shame in that. We've won at the city ground. We've won here at the Riverside at a place we've never won before. We've won at Craven Cottage, which I, I don't think we've done since about 1800. That's a, a, a slight over-exaggeration, but you understand my point. 
Um, we've won at Bramall Lane. The, the, you know, the list is endless against these you know, big playoff sides, playoff rivals, teams at the, the top of the division. Fulham have cantered to the, the title more than likely. Town have turned up and, and performed and a huge amount of that credit, you know, we obviously give it to the lads week in, week out. But a huge amount of that credit has to go to Carlos as well and, and the way he has set them up. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I, I think... Like it's almost becoming a cliche to talk about Carlos Corbin and the work he does and the, the sort of real fine detail and preparation he puts into every game. But when you come up against these sides, it's understanding the one-on-one battles on the pitch and it's understanding where the space is going to be and it's understanding where opposition players' weaknesses are that makes the, the, the real differences in these games that are decided by fine margins. Until that first goal today, it was it was pretty even. But Town looked comfortable, but it was pretty even. And then in the second half, when Middlesbrough switched formation a little bit themselves and, like you say, took the handbrake off, Corbyn, to his credit, knew that was coming and knew exactly how to change his side and knew exactly where to tell players to put themselves into space to, to hurt Middlesbrough. And, yeah, deserves an awful lot of credit, as, as does, the, you know... I, the analyst in me speaking here, but the analyst team as well, because Carlos Corbin can't watch every single game, every single opponent plays. He has to trust his analysts to come back and tell him where trends are, where there are things they can exploit. And having that trust and having the bravery to actually act on that trust, that's a huge thing. And it's, you can't be where town are and have done everything you've just said, Raj, by coincidence. You can't fall into third position. So it, it's these things are that they're built on a solid foundation. There's hard work behind them and it's no fluke. No, it's, it's definitely no fluke. Uh, Andy, from a, a fan's perspective, again, you know, speaking on Carlos still, that relationship, because he came in during the pandemic and everything and because you know, that first season was so tough, it's taken a little while for that relationship between him and the fans naturally just to, to flourish I think it has now, and there's been a couple of times where, you know, the, the fans have really, you know, had an engagement with him. But today there was a real uproar from the away end when he went over to clap them at full time. The way he embraced his players, you could tell he, it's very rare that he, he lets his emotions show too much, but, you know, the, you know the, the the vigour with which he was clapping them and, and sort of, you know, hugging his players. And he had a real nice moment with, with Pippa and a few of the other lads. It obviously means a lot to him, and, and it, as a as a fan, is that coming across to you and sort of endearing him more to to you as supporters as well? Uh, well, for me personally, very much. I mean, if you look at the time when Carlos came in, I mean, you, you mentioned the pandemic. That was a time where take the kind of medical side out of it. It was a day. It was a time sort of that everybody kind of detached from everybody else for a time. So it was always going to be difficult for anybody to kind of come into a new place and to fully bond, particularly when you consider football, you've got to, as a manager, bond somehow to your fans as well, or at least I assume you try to. And Carlos now clearly is. You look at that connection that we have as well as the players with the, the fans. Uh, I know it winds every other team up in the land when we have some kind of uh, victory or, or so on the, the players come to the, the town fans and every other set of fans doesn't get it. That's because they just don't understand what it's like to have a bond quite like we do with our players, which is back. And that bond, like you say, with Carlos, we're seeing more of the human side of Carlos. We're seeing the real footballing intelligence of Carlos coming through. And I think as well, as you say, for a man who 
keeps his emotions to himself largely. To see Carlos at times being so passionate, so really enthused by what's happening on the pitch, that really humanises him and it really makes him seem, well, he's just like one of us and that's fab. Yeah, and I think that's that's great to, to see and, and nice to hear as well because, you know, like Dave says, it's the work he puts in deserves that kind of relation, I feel, and it's, it's been a long time coming and, and long may it continue. Dave, if we look to the, the rest of the season now, Barnsley at home, Coventry away, and then Bristol City at home. No disrespect to any three of those teams. They are three winnable fixtures for town on the basis of today and the, the you know four games unbeaten that we've already been on. This this is a side that's shown itself capable of going on such runs and, and building on momentum and, and atmosphere and what have you. Having you know got the points on the board, having played the games we have, and, and Andy said it slightly as a negative, which I understand in terms of Bournemouth, but you know, having games in hand and everything, that's actually going to stand us in good stead because by the time that the playoffs are around and, and the other teams have had to have fit in three, four extra fixtures in yeah. the same amount of time, Town will have the fresher legs and, and have the better momentum. Is it is it a place now where those three games are, are three games where Town can really go into try and enjoy, try and win you know, get even better and, and get a real head of steam up towards the end of the season. And, you know, regardless of, of which side of second, third, fourth, fifth they finish, they go into that with as much momentum as possible. Yeah, absolutely. They, they At the moment, you'd back town on paper against anyone in the division because they just have momentum. They have a feeling about the side and... It would be that I'm not a great advocate in like resting players. I know there will be some people who think, well, if they're in the playoffs and they're safely in there, come the Bristol game on the final day, you know, play half a side. But I I think momentum is a big thing. And I think if players are fit, you play players. And there's two games coming up in mean, very quick succession, potentially, in the playoff semi-finals. They, it's, it's a Friday, Monday or a Saturday, Tuesday. At, momentum is massive. You know, when you've got games in quick succession like that, momentum is massive. So I think I'm looking at all three of those games and thinking they're very winnable. I think Coventry is obviously the hardest one, but Town like playing away from home. <laughs> there's no denying it at this point. They like playing away from home. So, yeah, absolutely. There's there's a chance to end the season on a real bounce here, definitely. And I think what's more important is that you look at some of the other sides in the, the playoffs and it feels like one or two of them are fighting to drop out rather than fighting to stay in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's certainly an interesting time, let's say that. Yeah, I, I agree. Andy, I'm going to ask something quite difficult of you. I'm going to ask you to do your best Michael Heffley impression because we've got a, uh, a, a, a home game on Friday evening and I think against Barnsley, local rival, they've got a, an awful lot to play for, as do we. We, we, we want to see that place as, as full as possible, don't we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to ask me to say it's a heffing dream or something in his <laughs> accent then. Uh, yeah. No, no, this this really is one of those things where uh, a football team needs its fans with it. We are the, if you like, that awful thing of the 12th man, but we are. And town fans, if we can really, really, really get behind this side, if we can show the passion, if we can show 
the real excitement that we have for what we can achieve this season. I can see that that would transfer to the pitch and talking with footballers as I have over the years, I've been very lucky. They all say that you can really hear what's being said from the stands and they can really feel that atmosphere. So if we go into these next three games buzzing, excited, confident, feeling like this is something that we can do. That is going to rub off onto the pitch. And even if maybe we get a slight setback, don't worry about that. We will get through it. It's about that positivity and it's about being there to support the boys. It is something that we can really help them to do. There you go. Is that enough for you? Perfect. The only thing I would add to that is that season cards are also on sale at a fantastic rate. And regardless of what division we're in next season, they're well worth getting your hands on if you haven't already. Um, but thank you to you, David. Thanks to, to Andy as well. And thanks to Sportsbook for sponsoring the show. We will speak to you ahead of that Yorkshire Derby on Barnes, against Barnsley on, on Friday night.